Hello, this is Ted Prozelski, and welcome to another episode of Words and Work. Uh, this episode is going to be on the work side. We're having Spencer Wilson again. Uh, Spencer is with the organizing committee at Prep and Pastry uh, that's affiliated with the United Food and Commercial Workers. Uh, they're kind of in a new phase of their action against Prep and Pastry, which is a local restaurant chain. They own some other restaurants as well. Um, and uh, so we're going to talk about that. They've been doing walkouts, and he's going to tell us a little bit about the reasons for that. Um, and also, we get into a little bit of, of uh, technical things about terminology that's used for strikes. Uh, you know, the, typically when you hear about a big strike that a union that's recognized by a company, um, that strike could be overpaying benefits. And there's reasons why they're able to do that. What they're doing at Prep and Pastry is what's called a unfair labor practices strike. And there has to be certain reasons that allow that to happen and that protect the workers from retaliation if they engage in that sort of strike. He's going to go into that. And, and, and I know it's getting into the weeds, uh, but it's very important to understand the different reasons why strikes happen and, and, and why this particular uh, set of actions has gone on. Um, the other thing I want to apologize for is when I was working to transfer this file um, to uh, the format that I actually used to edit it, um, I kept having little random dropouts here and there, and I won't go into why that's happening because I'm not sure. Um, and I kept trying to retransfer it, and I would get more dropouts. Well, this last time I did it, and we had one short dropout, but you should be able to understand the meaning of what he's saying because it's a very short dropout. I'm, and, and once again, I want to apologize for that. So uh, let's go ahead and go to Spencer. We're going to have some music first, and then we'll listen to Spencer. And uh, yeah, be back in a few minutes. I was headed for the company store I'll watch my children starve no more Tonight I'm gonna feed them Haven't worked in 40 days For 23 I've had no pay In a week I'll have no place to stay And now they'll have to kill me And now they'll have to kill me I met Big Johnny Hines, the strongest man in Sydney Mines I told Big Johnny of my plight, his voice grew loud with anger Today's as good a day to die as any that'll come to mind I haven't home a sickly wife, I haven't worked since Easter We haven't worked since Easter well, Half the town will die for the mine of the call The other half will leave when the mine decides to close The people who left will starve to death at the hands of the company store They'll bring the army in on us when the union gets too close to them Burn it down, boys Burn it down, boys 
those shooters kind of like our fathers black them we're already dead and down Tightly while we walk the core road through the town The story I will burn down, burn to a cinder As I spoke these words before my eyes The drawers and windows open wide Ten more miners join my side Beaten, starved, and angered We were beaten, starved, and angered Half the town will die for the miner of the coal The other half will leave when the mine decides to close The people who left will starve to death at the hands of the company store in and us when the union gets too close to them burn it down boys burn it down boys burn it down I said to the head they'll shoot us down like our mothers but like them we're already dead in town Company store, I'll watch my children starve no more tonight. I'm gonna feed them. Haven't worked in 40 days. For 23, I've had no pay. In a week, I'll have no place to stay. In an hour, they'll have to kill me. In an hour, they'll have to kill me. Well, half the town will die for the mine under the coal. The other half will leave when the mine decides to close. People were left to starve to death at the hands of the company store. They'll bring the army in on us when the union gets too close to them. Burn it down, boys. Burn it down, boys. Burn it down, I said to the head. They'll shoot us down like our fathers, but like them, we're already dead and down. All right, we've got Spencer Wilson. Spencer is our first returning guest on our show. <laughs> uh, the uh, uh, although I've repeated, I have to admit, I've repeated shows, but you are oh, okay. the first one that will be a new, re- uh, you know, making a, a second appearance. I guess um, it's an honor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you are. Um, with just to reiterate for folks who, who didn't listen the first time around, um, you are with the uh, organizing committee for prep and pastry. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's being organized through the United Food and Commercial Workers Local 99. Um, now, there was an issue with the way the last election went down. And, and uh, I'm not sure how much of that you want to go into, but there, there is some action that the union is taking on that to, to try to get that remedied. Am I right? Yeah, that's correct. So, I mean, there's always, there's always going to be hiccups in a, in a mail-in ballot election, but um, so right now the, uh, because of all the union busting that went down, all the union busting tactics that the, that prep and pastries management employed um, in order to scare folks, um, the union, the US, UFCW 99 is, is um, they filed a, a, a numerous UOPs, like more than is, is usual at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
so that's that's our challenge to the to the election right now to the results so that can what can happen there is that the results are overturned um, completely and the company is forced to bargain because I mean the, basically what the NLRB is saying there is that they can't be trusted with this process and that that they just need to bargain with the with the union um, or we can do a redo of the election which either way like we're welcome to that we would love to uh, have another crack at it yeah so um just to kind of go over who y'all are you're i i guess the proper term in, in restaurant parlance is back of the house people? that's yeah, yeah yeah that's correct so um most of the people a lot of people on the on the picket line that that people have met are all back of house members so that's in restaurants they they divide it into two um Area. So you got back of house, which is who the customer rarely sees the cooks, dishwashers, bakers, prep cooks, um, all those guys. And then front of house is a different department, I guess, of hosts, bussers, servers. Yeah. All right. So, um, what, um, so like I said, we're kind of in this new phase because you, you, y'all have actually been, I mean, when, I, when I first met you, it was, uh, I, I think, what, what what would be termed an informational picket. You know, we're just people handing out flyers. Hey, what's here's what's going on. But now you're actually picketing the restaurant. So what what led you to this this stage of it? Yeah. So an incident happened between the manager and a few Hispanic uh, coworkers, line cooks, um, where the manager. They, they had a question about some order that had been rung in and the manager, instead of, um, instead of just explaining what was going on, she, um, she said, oh, you, uh, you guys must have no brain cells and most of you don't even speak English, is what she said to two, three um, Mexican line cooks. And, um, and so when we went to management about this, um, you know, they took it up to their boss, we took it up to their boss, who then you know, this has been relayed back to me that their boss said, oh, I thought that's just how those people talk to each other. Um, and so the issue was dismissed at that point, um, which we weren't okay with. So we put together a petition with the demands that um, the company, that the managers at Prep and Pastry be given racial sensitivity training, including ownership, um, that uh, those like racial sensitivity guidelines be given to everyone, and that um, Prep and Pastry um, transparently um, makes a makes a stance, you know, against racism to to show um, their employees that they're not okay with it. Or yeah, exactly. Um, so so we we made this petition with those demands. Um, everyone in the back of the house signed it. I mean, these are the people that are most affected by this discrimination, um, and so they also agreed that it was a problem um, by them signing it. We presented that petition to the owner Nathan Aries, who. Um, kind of just was in denial about it when he, when he talked to us, um, and said he'd look into it and instead of addressing any of our demands, they just posted, um, they just printed out a piece of paper that said, talk to HR if you have problems on the back door and, um, and left it at that. Um, and then just swept the issue under the rug, pretended it didn't happen. So, you know, we, this is the point that we got, that we got driven to, is that if if we're already showing them that more like half of their restaurant is saying that there's a problem and they won't listen, then we need to take it a step further, let the public know what's going on, and and uh, 
and do, you know, start a work stoppage basically uh, over ULPs, um, unfair labor practices concerning um, discrimination and retaliation. Okay. So, and it just talk a little bit about the, the ULP because I, I know that when, um, when I went out with the Asarco strikers, it was, we, we had to make very sure that all the signs said ULP or unfair labor practices. Um, and so what, um, what's the reason for that rather than just saying it's a strike? Right. It's, it's really important to, to make sure that, um, that everyone knows that it's an unfair labor practice strike because that is, it, that's a form of strike that's actually protected under labor law versus like, for example, an economic strike is not. So when we're doing an unfair labor practice strike, the company is not allowed to replace us versus if we were to be on economic strike, the company could absolutely just get new workers and, and be done with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and when you, and, and when people read about um, a, a strike over pay and benefits, let's say, that's usually in a situation where the union has actually negotiated a right to strike over that. And there's right. rules that they're allowed to have. And, and in your case, because, you know, the only kind you could do is a UOP strike because you haven't been recognized by prep and pastry yet. Am I right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So um, how's it been, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, just the times I visited the strike line, I, if, if, if any of you were even 25 years old, I would be shocked. I mean, it, you're, <laughs> it's, it's a very young group of, of folks that are out there, but you know, how, how has it been um, to try to, you know, both convince them that this is a thing that would work and, and that, you know, how much education have you had to do to, to, to let them know about how this goes? Um, yeah. I mean, from the, from the ground up, right. I mean, a few, you know, a few people like our, our, uh, our, some of our other members of the organizing committee were, they had some prior knowledge and they were really excited about it. But I mean, a lot of people in the restaurant have never heard of a union. There's, they have no experience with that. Um, and they've, and the things that they have heard about unions is, is that they're bad. They just want to go on strike. They just, uh, they just want to collect your money so that they can, they can do nothing with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so, yeah, that's been, that's been quite the experience trying to, to get everyone on board. And, you know, in the beginning it was, it was, uh, it wasn't too hard. People were open to listening and the issues were, were great enough that, um, that people could really see, um, see the benefit of the union. It wasn't until one of our organizing committee members was promoted to management and turned around and, uh, and started spreading disinformation to, to everyone. Uh, especially our, our front of house people that we started to have a really um, big problem with that. That's, that's usually the, I mean, I, I, you know, in some ways you, you want your, your friends to get promoted, you know, uh, but, right. but uh, not like that, I guess, huh? Well, you would, I mean, it's, it's, it is a really interesting uh, situation um, because, you know, you don't, even though you may feel that as a manager, you're not going to benefit from a union, I mean, when wages go up, so do yours, you know, they're not going to offer benefits to their, to their lowest employees and not offer it to their managers. And that's something that the managers do lack at prep and pastry. They don't even have paid vacation. Mm-hmm. Like that's, you know, it's ridiculous, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was very strange. I, I thought it was very bizarre that you could, 
that you could be part of a of the lead group of people trying to to bring people together to um, to improve their lives, only to turn around and tell them that it would it would make things worse for them. Yeah, and and you know, and that's that's a, been a problem for a while. I mean, I and I, I think I've I've had this conversation with you before, where you know, folks my age and younger haven't grown up with. Uh, you know, unions in the family, unions as, as neighbor, union members as neighbors, um, and it's it, it makes that messaging really difficult. Right. Yeah. It's it's hard for people to relate to, and um, and then one of the most common uh, union busting tactics right now is to um, to third party the union that you don't want the union to come between you and your manager that the mm-hmm. the, the union's going to start controlling that communication and um, and it's it's hard to, to make people understand that you are the union, uh, you as the worker, um, are the union fighting for the change in your workplace that the union is not going to do the work for you, but they're there to help you. Um, and, and yeah, that's, it's, it's been a challenge because it, it, that kind of, uh, third partying, it works on people who, who don't understand it quite yet. And it's, it's hard to, to get people to, to care about something that um, that they feel doesn't that nothing's going to change, right? Because they haven't seen it yet, or they feel that the industry is that's just how the industry is all over. Why should I? Why should we change? Um, that it, this is normal. I don't know why we're so upset about this mistreatment. I I get mistreated everywhere I go, and I I have a new job every year. <laughs> like yeah. that's uh, it's yeah. That's another thing is that um, people in this industry they don't get really committed to jobs because they're, they're ready to move on to the next. Um, so that's been another hard thing too, is to get people to fight for the workplace when they think that they're going to be gone in the next six months. So, so yeah, a lot of challenges organizing this industry. So, so, uh, you know, you've, you've had a big education in the, I mean, we, we talked a little bit before just to say, you know, what can I ask about and all of that, but so you've learned a lot about how this works, but I mean, what did that all come with, doing this organizing and working with the local UFCW people or, or did, did you have a background that kind of educated you on this stuff? No, I mean, I mean, the, what I, the way I started the campaign was reading about um, construction safety. Um, Cause I was, you know, going to school for carpentry for a little bit. Um, and I was reading about construction safety, especially with, with uh, regards to COVID. I mean, you'd have to go through multiple checkpoints where they take your temperature um, check for symptoms before you could even get to the work site versus I was seeing at prep and pastry that we'd maybe have our temperature taken once every two weeks. Um, and that, you know, servers would work whole weekends with being COVID positive before they would be sent home, something like that. Um, so, so that's what really got me started. So, but I didn't have any background knowledge that that was kind of my first, um, inkling about, um, the impact that unions have, as far as, I mean, you know, construction is a pretty heavily union or at least was a very heavily unionized um, workplace and all these safety practices are in place because of unions. Um, so, but yeah, everything that I have learned about, um, about organizing and, um, and about labor um, practices and, and our rights as workers has all come through um, talking with my, with, uh, with our organizer, Mario. I talked to that guy almost every day <laughs> just about all this stuff so so yeah i've gotten learned everything from him pretty much so what uh, how's it been on the strike line when you I mean, and uh, you know i 
I'm not sure if you can, I guess, yeah, I can call them strikes. Uh, you know, you've yeah. had a couple of walkouts that, and it hasn't been like you guys are going out for a week. I mean, you, you know, it's, it's a day here and a day there. Right. And, and so how has it been out there? Um, you know, our first, our first strike was, uh, it, it was on like, a they had a bunch of events planned for that day and that shut down the entire restaurant by 10 AM. Once they realized that they, that they were going to have to try to cook and clean dishes all by themselves. They decided that it wasn't worth their trouble. Um, and, uh, the second time was, um, was pretty great too. So even though the restaurant didn't shut down, they ended up having to call in, you know, all, all their chefs from that were in town to come work the line. And from what we're hearing from guests and from employees that, um, that were still inside, that it was extremely hectic and that things were not <laughs> running very well at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the conversations that we were able to have with people has been great. So, I mean, even though our, our numbers are not huge, um, it's still having an, uh, an impact on the inside of the kitchen. So, I mean, one day completely shut down the restaurant and then the next, I mean, we're looking at like 45 minute ticket times, um, for a restaurant that usually when we're on the line, 10 minutes is pretty average for us. So, um, so it's, it's, it's been, it's been empowering, especially, especially when we shut, shut it down. That was really great. But also to, um, to have the public come talk to us and to hear from groups of workers around town that are trying to do the same thing that we are. Yeah. I mean that, you know, when, when I went out with you guys and, and I mean, there, I, the thing that was really funny to me was the, the old hippie guy that pulled up and <laughs> you know, I think he was going to order something and then he saw mm-hmm. you. And talk to you guys. And then he joined the line for a little bit. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. That was great. And, you know, we've had, we've had people try to <laughs> try to give us money. And uh, every time we have people bringing us more water and food than we could possibly uh, eat. So, I mean, the community support has been, has been immense. It's, it's really fantastic. Um, you know, if, if, um, if people want to support what you're doing, or at least find out more, uh, what should they do? Um, if you want to find out more, we do have an Instagram page. It's called Union for Prep and Pastry. We also have a Facebook page. It might, I think it might have the same name. Um, and to support us, you can sign our online petition. And I also recommend um, going into the restaurant and maybe talking to servers about the about the benefits of, of unionizing or um, or ask it, ask, ask them about it. Um, keep the conversation going for us because it's been, it's been difficult, um, to reach that audience because they're so scared and so misinformed, um, by the company. So I think, um, an outside voice from, especially when they're not expecting it could maybe get through to them. Yeah. And and the thing that's important to remember is that, you know, a company like this one, I mean, you know, like I keep going back to the Asarco strike. I mean, they, they were pretty much immune to a lot of public pressure. I mean, it, it's headquartered the the it's kind of owned by a company in Mexico, and they're not selling a lot of consumer goods. <laughs> you know, there's mining copper. You know, but with you know with restaurant owners, I mean, they depend a lot on reputation and people wanting to eat there. And there's a lot of places that are kind of like prep and pastry in town yeah there is it's yeah it's not it's it's look i work there and it's and the food is great but it's oh no yeah it's oh yeah no, no, the times i've eaten there it's been 
amazing. But of course, I haven't eaten there over the last year or so because you know because you <laughs> show up and you know punish me somehow. I'm sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> um. So yeah, but but that's that's an important thing is that that I think a lot of people. This is this is one situation where you know public pressure, even if it's like what you're talking about going into the restaurant and just talking to people where you're not necessarily um, boycotting or anything, but you are at least letting them know that, Hey, you know, I'm a regular customer. That means something. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing I can recommend the most. Cause I mean, we're not, we're not asking people to boycott. I mean, it really, it's, it, it, um, that is our livelihoods too. When the company, when the company doesn't make money, we get, we get sent home. And that's just the nature of the industry until we can, until we can get better protections for, for our, um, for the hours that we work. Um, so yeah, we would never ask that people don't come in to eat. We don't financially, we're not trying to hurt this, hurt this company, but yeah, I mean, we would love for people to go in and let their, let their servers know, um, right at the bottom of their receipts that they support the strikers or, or the union efforts in general. Um, all that stuff can be very supportive to us. Yeah. Um, you know, could you, you know, you talked a little bit about support from the community and support from, you know, any, any support that surprised you so far? Um, I guess, I guess not really, because um, I guess I do, I don't think Tucson is nearly as progressive as, as um, some people think, but I still think that, um, that I was expecting the kind of support that we are getting. I, I was, I was expecting that, um, especially with the, there is a lot of information coming out right now and a lot of um, less popular news sources that are covering labor stories that I think that are, that a lot of people are consuming. Um, and so I think that they're, especially with young people, I think that they're starting to understand that, um, that they don't have to, put up with this, that they are not just a cog in the machine, that they can, they can stand up for their rights. Um, and so I think that, that a lot of people are doing that. So I think it's, it's, it is normal, but, um, I have been surprised by the amount of, um, not the amount of hate, but like the severe, um, um, this, yeah, some of the severe hate that we have got, I mean, people, people drove past on our second picket line and, and shot airsoft uh, guns at us. So, well, I didn't even, know, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was pretty gnarly hit, hit one of our guys in the eye. Luckily he was fine, but, um, but yeah, I mean, people, we have people like screaming at us as there, we have a lot of people honking in support and, um, but we have some people screaming that we look so stupid out there on the line and, or on the picket line. And, um, and yeah, you'll have people come up and say that unions don't have any power anymore. Like this is, this is dumb. Well, yeah. Um, you know, that was funny because I was there when that guy did that. <laughs> like, why are you, I mean, if you don't think these guys have any power, then just keep walking. I yeah. Mean, I, I, don't, I don't, I I mean, if, if, if there's a guy standing on a street corner with a, you know, a, a silly sign, I don't worry about him. Right. You know, <laughs> so I, I mean, I, you know, if, if, if yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um so okay so uh facebook and instagram they can look you guys up um and um other than you know i know that the strikes i mean the strike line is uh sometimes you guys do it sometimes you don't but so there's 
there's not you guys aren't planning any kind of big public outreach or anything like that other than just what you're doing now right um i'm i'm sure there 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 could be plans coming up and we'll we'll put that out there uh when, when we have something solid but but for now things are things are quiet on our Okay. Okay. And, um, all right. Well, uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, you know, good luck. I I've enjoyed my time going out to visit with you guys. Uh, you, you, frankly, you guys are, 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 are way too friendly with me. I mean, it's like, Oh, Ted's here. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know I had any that kind of impact, you know, <laughs> But but I but I also know that I mean you guys really appreciate it. other folks from other unions coming out and supporting you. There's been a lot of that going around. So, so that's, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's been that's been great. So, but yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Ted. Thank you, Spencer. Thank you for listening. Uh, check uh, the Facebook page for the National Writers Union Tucson chapter for activities that we're going to be doing. Words and Work has been a presentation of the National Writers Union Tucson chapter and Downtown Radio. See you all next week.